0: Hello and welcome, everybody, to another episode of John Reviews Eternal Masters. That seems like a good name for this. Anyways, this is John, as you might know me from the podcast Eyes on the Mize. And today we're going to talk about all about the red cards in Eternal Masters. And we're going to start with Avarax, three red, red for a three-three creature beast at common. It has haste. Now three-three haste for five is not great. It does have kind of the bad fire breathing for one and a red, gets plus one, plus so until end of turn, but it has the extra ability of when Avarax enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a card named Avarax, reveal it and put it into your hand if you do shuffle your library. This is a card that was downgraded from rare to common. Now, obviously, that line of text makes it not very good in some of the eternal formats that you would see like in, in uh, Commander or in Highlander, but you know what this card might do some good in? Popper. This is the first common printing of Aphorax, so you're going to be able to play it in your popper decks and have a never-ending stream of 3-3 haste creatures, so your opponent should watch out there. Anyways, for limited, it's fine, it seems. It is a shuffle effect for in case you want to play a card like, say, Brainstorm or Jace to help get some bad cards out of your hand, but it does a lot of good there, and hey, it might do some good where you play it on turn 5, attack for 3, then on turn 6, attack and pump it 2 times. Fire Breathing can do a lot of damage in the middle to late game. So Avarax is a pretty decent card, especially because you could find more Avaraxes. Next we have Battle Squadron at Uncommon. It is three red red, same as Avarax, but this time it is a goblin, it has flying, and it has power and toughness equal to the number of creatures you control. So you remember that token deck we talked about before in white red? This is definitely the guy that you want in that deck as well to help kind of be your uh, your uncommon finisher, your uncommon build around. I wouldn't first pick Battle Squadron, because it's really only good in that go-wide deck, especially since it also has, you know, flying. It's basically a dragon. It's definitely a card that I'm going to be very, very wary of if I see my opponent play it, because at any point in time, it could just get huge, 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 huge. Speaking of tokens, up to uncommon from its last printing from Vintage Masters, where it was like common, we have Beetleback Chief. It's a 2-2 for 2-red-red, a goblin warrior at uncommon, but it enters the battlefield with two 1-1 red goblin creature tokens. So it's really 4 mana for 4 power worth the creatures, split amongst 3 bodies. Very good in the tokens deck. Pretty good otherwise as well, just as a solid red creature. So I wouldn't be too terribly surprised to see this in some non-dedicated tokens decks, but if you're playing white-red and you see a beetleback chief in a booster pack, I would recommend taking it. As far as other formats, Highlander and um commander goblin tribal decks are gonna love this card because it's just three goblins for one card and all the goblin decks wants to do is flood the board so good card i'd break it pretty early if i want to go into the tokens decks or if i want to be in red it's a very strong card there next we have borderland marauder it's a one two for one and a red at commons a human warrior so it really doesn't have a lot going for it right now i don't want my uh Red creatures at 2 mana to be 1-2s, but it does have the ability that whenever Borderland Marauder attacks, it gets plus 2 plus 0 until end of turn. So on defense, it's pretty mediocre. A 1-2 is not great, but whenever it attacks, it attacks as a 3-2. That definitely is worth the price of admission in red. So if I'm an aggressive red deck, I definitely want a Borderland Marauder or 2 in my list. Next we have a card that many people are excited to draft around, and that is Burning Vengeance two and a red enchantment at uncommon whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard burning vengeance deals two damage to target creature or player remember back in blue where we talked about a bunch of the cards with flashback or when we were in white and we had rally the peasants with flashback and the retrace spells yeah burning vengeance is the card for you if you want to get some extra value off of that take a burning pit burning vengeance first or second pick go deep into the draft, take all the flashback spells you can find, and just have a ball. Burning Vengeance is a very solid card, it's a very powerful card, and I would not play it unless I had at least, you know, six to seven flashback spells, or cards I can cast from my graveyard. Otherwise, it's just going to be not very good in your deck, and it's just going to rot in your sideboard. But, strong card, I would pretty, I would probably draft it pretty highly anyways, because I just want to draft this deck once, it sounds like a lot of fun. Moving on, we have Carbonize. Two and a red for an instant at common. It deals three damage to a creature or player. That creature can't be regenerated this turn. And if the creature would die, exile it instead. So this is a very solid red removal spell. It's up a little bit from where it sits at two two mana. But three damage for three mana at instant speed is very strong. Plus, it has amazing flavor text from Jai Ballard. There's no coming back from that. And yeah, when you exile the creature that you kill, then yeah, there's no coming back from that. Next at Uncommon we have Chain Lightning, a card that's desperately been needing it in need of a reprint, a single red mana for an uncommon sorcery. Chain Lightning deals 3 damage to target creature or player. That's most of the text that you're going to have to care about for this card. It's 1 mana, deal 3 at sorcery speed, which is fine, but that's most of what you're going to get. But you do need to be careful because it also has additional text. Then that player, or that creature's controller, may pay red red. If the player does, he or she may copy the spell and may choose a new, t- new target for the copy. So, this is, again, chain lightning. So, if if you attack, if you bolt your opponent or you chain lightning your opponent and they have red, red, they can fling it right back at you. And if you have red, red, you can fling it back at something else. And you could just jump around the board with all these chain lightnings. It's very funky in red mirrors. So, I would be very, very cautious as to when to cast this and make sure that you can't get your opponent to kind of chain lightning you out of a game next we have crater hellion four red red for a hellion beast at rare it's a six six that's pretty big for red creatures when it enters the battlefield it deals four damage to each other creature so it acts almost like a board wipe and then it has echo for four red red so i don't know if i explicitly mentioned what echo was when we talked about a few of the other echo cards but echo says at the beginning of your next upkeep when this coming came into play you need to pay the echo cost So you play Crater Hellion on on turn 6, on turn 7 you need to pay the Echo cost, or you sacrifice your Crater Hellion. That said, even if you just need this to be a 6 mana deal for everything, that's still pretty okay. But being able to have it stick around as a 6-6 attacker, that's also pretty good. So make sure that you weigh the options when you're looking at this Crater Hellion in your hand and debating whether to play it. Next we have Desperate Ravings, a card that is in my personal favorite deck, Storm. It is one of the red for an instant downgraded here to common. You draw two cards, then discard a card at random, and it has flashback for 2 and a blue. You wanted a uh, card to help fuel your Burning Vengeance deck? Here's a good card for that. It fills your hand, puts cards in your graveyard. It's perfect. Play it always. Also, make sure that you know that discarding at random might be a feel bad, but at the most most of the time it's not going to it's not going to matter that much. You are getting card advantage here. Next, we have Dragon Egg, 2 and a red. For an 0-2 Dragon at common, it has Defender, well because it's an Egg, it can't attack. But when the Dragon Egg dies, you can put a 2-2 Red Dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield with traditional Fire Breathing. 1 Red Mana, plus 1 plus 0 until end of turn. Dragon Egg is going to be very good in that self-sacrifice deck we mentioned earlier with some of the black cards. And 2-2 Flyers that have Fire Breathing can almost always get in some extra damage. Dragon Egg is a very good card. You're going to see these around anyways because they're common. And just be very careful when you see a dragon egg in play and know that you kind of you might have to try and run around it. Otherwise, risk getting hit in the face with a dragon. Next, we have Dual Caster Mage. One red, red human wizard for a 2-2 at rare. It has flash, and when it enters the battlefield, you copy target instant or sorcery spell and may choose new targets for the copy. So Dualcaster Mage does a lot of really sweet things. It can copy your own spells, it can copy your opponent's spells. Your opponent says, hey, I'm going to, you know, Doomblade that creature, and you can go, no, 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 Dualcaster Mage, I'm going to throw that over there instead. Dualcaster Mage is very, very strong in limited, especially when you're able to fork some other spells. In Commander and in Highlander, I'm sure it has some other great utility. I've had some really fun shenanigans with it in Commander, so I look forward to playing with this unlimited and look forward to getting a few more copies next we have faithless looting one red mana for a common sorcery it says draw two cards then discard two cards with flashback for two and a red so you've got faithless looting and you've got desperate ravings to help you fuel your burning vengeance deck to put cards in your yard to help cast them to get more damage off your burning vengeance and so on and so forth solid card play it in that deck maybe not play it in any other places i don't imagine it is kind of card disadvantage because you're spending a card to draw 2, then pitch 2, so you're down a card in this exchange. But it can dig you deeper to help you find your, whatever your bomb is, or whatever you need to find to help get you through the mid to late game. Now, speaking of a card that doesn't care about the late game, here is Fervent Cathar. 2 and a red for a 2-1 human knight at common. It has haste, and when it enters the battlefield, target creature can't block this turn. That's pretty much all it's got. It's really good at getting big blockers out of the way so that you can punch in some more damage. And that's all red really loves to do, and this is the kind of card that I'm going to love playing. And if you've played during Shadows of Innistrad Limited, you'll recognize this card as a smaller version of Voldarin Duelist, which is one more mana for a 2-3 haste with this ability. That card's great there. This card's going to be great here. Pick it always in your aggressive red decks. Next we have Firebolt. Single red mana for a sorcery at common. It deals 2 damage to target creature or player. and has Flashback for 4 and a red. So this is a card that's probably going to be picked a lot because 1 mana for 2 damage is pretty decent in red and Flashback gives some extra utility. But this is just so good in the Burning Vengeance deck because you could essentially pay 6 mana to deal 6 damage thanks to the Burning Vengeance casting it from your graveyard. Definitely a card that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for if I'm, looking, if I'm in the Burning Vengeance deck. I would imagine this is going to go pretty early in packs. There is some really good removal that's better than this, but I don't imagine having to worry about that too much. Next we have Flame Jab, one red for a sorcery, deals one damage to a creature or player, at uncommon. That's not great, but you know what it does have? It has retrace. So remember we talked about Una's presence um, back in, or no, Una's grace, excuse me, back in the blue cards. That's the exact same ability. I can just pitch a land and I can do the same effect over again. And you know what's great about retracing it? Burning Vengeance. Flame Jab is the perfect uncommon for the Burning Vengeance deck to help you just go off and just get bonus bonus damage in. So I'll pick it up if I'm in Burning Vengeance. Otherwise, I'm not going to be terribly excited about it. It does turn your extra lands into some extra damage, but otherwise, I'm a little hesitant. Next is a card that has much better art than its original printing, and it's one that I am very excited to see again with some great art. That is Gamble. One red, sorcery at rare. You search your library for a card. That's great. Put that card into your hand, discard a card at random, then shuffle your library. Yes, you can discard the card you tutored for, but this card is very pricey. It's great in almost every format that I can think of that it's legal in. So... It early for the, pick it early because it has a pretty nice price tag on it. Play it always. Do be careful because if you gamble, if Gamble's the only card in your hand, you will discard the card you tutored for, and that's not always a feel-great. But Gamble is certainly a card that I would not mind having in my deck. Next, we have 2 Slinger, 2 and a red for a 2-2, two, two. Human Nomad at Uncommon. This also has Echo for 2 and a red, but it also says when Gitu Slinger enters the battlefield, it deals 2 damage to target creature or player. So, this is kind of a smaller version of that Crater Hellion we just talked about, but Gitu Singer is still going to be very, very solid in that archetype. Hell, anytime you get 3 mana to put a 2-2 into play and deal 2 damage or something, that's a card that I want to play in Limited. Next, we have the Red Honden, the Honden of Infinite Rage. It is 2 and a red for a legendary enchantment shrine at Uncommon. At the beginning of your upkeep, the Honden deals damage to target creature or player equal to the number of shrines you control. So if Haunted of Knight's Reach is the one that helps kind of get you into a better winning position, this is the one that actually will kill your opponent if you have a lot of the different shrines. That said, not an early pick. If you want to get in the Honda deck, you probably can, but you can probably pick the Honda's up pretty late aside from maybe the Haunted of Knight's Reach. Next, we have Keldon Champion. I believe this card has been downshifted from Rare. It is 2-red-red red for a Human Barbarian at Uncommon. It's a 3-2 Haste with Echo. And when it enters the battlefield, it deals three damage to target creature or no three damage to target player, excuse me. So you want an aggressive red creature, here's your guy. This is one of the probably bigger payoffs for the low to the ground aggressive red deck. Even with the echo effect, that is still something that you are gonna have to worry about because at least or at least it's three damage to the opponent, and if they have an empty board, it's just three to your face, attack you for three, take six for four mana. That's very good in red. Next card we have is Keldon Marauders. It's one in the red for a 3-3, Human Warrior at common. That's going to raise a few eyebrows because two mana 3-3s seem really good. Also, when Keldon Marauders enters the battlefield or leaves the battlefield, it deals one damage to target player. That is an absurd card. Why do they print this? Well, it does have Vanishing 2. When it enters the battlefield with two time counters, at the beginning of your upkeep, you remove a time counter. So you play this on turn two, your opponent takes one damage. Then, You attack for three on your next turn. Next turn, you have to sack it. It deals one damage to your opponent. So at most, a Keldon Marauders is only going to deal five damage to your opponent. At least it's only going to deal two. It's a very aggressive card. No clue if it's good enough in limited. I'm willing to uh, give it a chance, see how it is in an aggressive red deck. Because red-green Stompy is a deck that this, as well as the aforementioned Keldon Champion, is going to be great in. Speaking of red green stompy, Curd Ape is in the set, downgraded to common, one red for a one one ape, it gets plus one plus two as long as you have a forest. Very classic card, it's played in modern right now. Maybe not as much lately, but Curd Ape is a very solid card in just zoo style decks. Uh, because one power two power, one tough one mana, two power creatures, excuse me, are very strong. Now, a card that has probably lost a little bit of its luster since the days of yore, we have Mog Fanatic. 1 red, 1-1 one, one Goblin at common. You can stack it to deal 1 damage to target creature or player. It's fine. I'm sure that there's going to be some utility for it, but I would not be surprised to see some Mog Fanatics circling the table at the end of drafts. Next, with new art, we have Mog War Marshal. 1 in the red for a 1-1 one, one Goblin Warrior at common. When it airs the battlefield or dies, you put a 1-1 one, one red Goblin creature token onto the battlefield and has Echo for 1 in the red. So it's usually a 2-2 for 2, or you can pay the extra one in the red, and then you get extra utility when Mog Marshal dies later on. It's a very solid card, makes a few different bodies, very good in the tokens deck, pretty good in other red aggressive strategies as well. Speaking of red aggressive strategies, here is Orcish Aura Flame, an enchantment for 3 in red, downgraded to common, I believe, and atta- it says attacking creatures you control, get plus 1, plus 0. So we've mentioned anthems before, with Rally the Peasants as a temporary anthem, well, this is your permanent anthem to help your tokens and your little weenies get bunches and bunches of damage through. Orcish Ore Flame is a card that you need to watch out for when it comes time for you to go and get into the fray with all of your tokens. Good card in that deck. Wouldn't play it in any, any other place. Next, we have a card that is played a lot in Legacy Burn. It is Price of Progress. One of the red for instant uh, at Uncommon. It deals damage to each player. Equal to twice the number of non-basic lands that player controls. So this is mainly used in Legacy to hate on some of the greedy mana bases, which are, you know, Fetchland, dual Land, Fetchland, dual Land, dual Land, Fetchland, Duel Land. No basics at all. Price is meant to punish those players severely for that. Now, it's n- I'm not sure if this or Blood Moon is more hateful to greedy mana bases, but Price of Progress is definitely a card that might get some good utility in this format because of the common cycle of dual lands that you can see. However, I'm not entirely sure how high of a pick this is going to be, but I would not be surprised to see this middle of a pack because it's not been picked. Or you could pick it highly because it's very good in Legacy. It's up to you. Speaking of rate cards, we have Pyroblast. One red for instant at uncommon. If you remember Hydroblast, this is the, uh, this is the mirror version of it. Pyroblast says choose one. Counter target spell if it's blue. Destroy target permanent if it's blue. Very good card. First time that you're going to see this printing, this art, or first time this card on card, and first time you're going to be able to get a foil pyroblast. That is going to be a lot of value all in one place. I'm not sure how good this is going to be unlimited, but I'm sure that it'll be an amazing sideboard card if you're the red deck and you're siding and you're going up against a blue deck just to be able to, you know, run them out of a game. Besides, it's going to feel really good being able to counter Jace the Mind Sculptor with just a little, with just one red mana. Next at rare we have Pyrokinesis, four red, red, instant. It deals 4 damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures, but you may exile a red card from your hand rather than pay Pyrokinesis' mana cost. So this could just be a free 4 damage to almost essentially wipe someone's board out of the game. Very good card, definitely one that I'm going to pick highly just because that type of effect is just so good, and it being an instant is just absurd. Take Pyrokinesis if you're limited, it's going to blow many people out of the game. Next we have Reckless Charge, 1 red, Sorcery at common, target creature gets plus 3 plus 0 and gains haste until end of turn with flashback for 2 and a red. This is kind of for the Burning Vengeance deck, but not really. This works a little bit better in the aggressive red strategies for having one of your creatures just get big or get haste out of nowhere. But I could see you playing it like one of them in a Burning Vengeance deck if you're really low on flashback playables. Next, we have Blade Bladewing. Three, red, red, red for a 6-5 legendary creature dragon at rare. It has no fancy abilities. It has flying, and it has haste. Rorix is going to beat you in the face. Definitely a first-pick quality card, not for the money, but for, for the sheer power of being able to pay six mana, and you basically hit your opponent for six if there's nothing in play. Rorix will end games as quickly as it can. So just go ahead, pick him, be happy that you took him, and just smile and nod when your peop- when your when your opponents just kind of stare at you funny for playing Rorix. Next, we have a card that sees play that is almost in every limited set at some point. Seismic Stomp, one in a red sorcery at common. Creatures without flying can't block this turn. You know every red aggressive deck needs some way of getting extra damage in. Seismic Stomp and, and this type of falter effect is what the which is what these are called are always good at doing that. Maybe not take it all the time, but I would definitely look into taking it in certain situations. Next, we have another rare. We have Siege Gang Commander. Three red red for a rare goblin. It's a 2-2, two two, which is not very exciting. But it does come into play with three 1-1s, one or three 1-1 red goblin creature tokens. That's good. Five mana, five dudes. Remember how we talked about uh, Beetleback Chief being pretty good? This guy is a bigger Beetleback Chief. Plus, the Siege Gang Commander the Siege Gang commander has one of the red, Sack of Goblin, and Siege Gang deals two damage, target creature, or player. This is the type of card that can just take over a game single-handedly. Just flinging your goblins around, shooting stuff down, hitting your opponent in the face. It is going to make a lot of people very unhappy when they see you play this. Next, we have a card that I'm very excited about because I've never had a chance to own one of these, and I would love to open a foil. Oh, just once. We have Sneak Attack. Three and a red for a mythic enchantment. It has an activated ability of pay a single red mana. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That creature gains haste. Sack that creature at the beginning of the next end step. So it essentially just says, hey, you want to put any creature you want? You want to have a sneak attacker? Put a, Pay red, put a creature into play, hit your opponent, have a day. In Legacy, this is part of the Sneak and Show deck. It is, in fact, part of the name of the deck, which kind of gives you a hint as to how powerful this card is where they usually try to sneak into play Embercools or Grizzle Brands or some other big fatties in order to just make your opponent's life as miserable as possible. It's also a very solid card in Cube. I've seen it play in Commander, and I'm sure that there's a deck built around this in Highlander. Sneak Attack is a very good card, pre-ordering for $30. I'm definitely going to encourage you to look to pick up your copies at some point if you're interested in playing it in Legacy. Next we have a common Sting Scourger, one in the red for a 2-2 Goblin Warrior. When it enters the battlefield, you return target creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Remember Mana War in the blue? Here's the red mana war. The small downside here is that it has echo for three and a red. So I would not recommend playing this on turn two, but if you want if you need its ability later in the game and you want the body to stick around, you definitely have that ability to do so with this echo cost. Because this is not an effect that red normally gets, so Pick it pretty. I'd say pick it in the middle of a pack. This does not seem like a high pick quality card to me, but I've been wrong before. Next we have a rare that needs no introduction. If you're if you've played in any red formats, say Cube or Conspiracy, it is Sulfuric Vortex. One red, red, rare enchantment. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, Sulfuric Vortex deals two damage to that player. Put everybody on a clock. Now you might go, well, okay, I'll just gain some life. Uh uh-uh. uh. If a player would gain life, that player gains no life instead. Sulfuric Vortex puts everyone on a clock. And if you're the aggressive red deck, ideally your opponent's life total will be lower than yours. And that's how you play Sulfuric Vortex. Need one for cube? Put it in your cube. Want to play it in commander? Be my guest. But remember that everybody's going to hate you. And I'm pretty sure this is definitely a a Highlander all-star. Moving on, we have another enchantment. This is an uncommon. Three and a red for Tooth and Claw. You sacrifice two creatures, and then you put a 3-1 red beast creature token named Carnivore onto the battlefield. This is a really interesting card. I'm not quite sure what its place is going to be, because you are sacking two creatures to make another creature. So as long as you're sacking some weaker creatures to make this 3-1, that's definitely a place where I want to be. However, I am hesitant to put this in some of my decks, but I would imagine that an aggressive red deck that thinks that all its creatures are expendable, this is definitely going to have a place there. But I'm not entirely sure yet. So take it. Tell me how it feels. Tell me how it plays, because I know this has been played in some other formats before. Next we have Undying Rage. Two and a red for an enchantment aura at common. It enchants a creature. The creature gets plus two plus two and can't block. I mean, if I have undying rage, I would not want to block either. Makes a creature pretty big. And when undying rage is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, return it to its owner's hand. So it really is undying. You just have your rage, jump from creature to creature. If it dies, get it back, put on a new creature. It's going to be very hard for your opponent to deal with this card in any traditional means. So make it It makes your creatures big, get in for extra damage. That's exactly what you, what you want to be doing in an, in an aggressive red deck. Play it in your aggressive decks, don't play it in your controlling red decks. Next we have Wildfire Emissary. Three and a red for a 2-4 Ifrit at common, at common no less. It has protection from white. And it has one in the red, Wildfire Emissary gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. This is a big get for popper because it dodges um, Journey to Nowhere and Oblivion rings. However, in this limited format, I'm not quite sure what its place is going to be, probably just the aggressive red decks. Also, the protection from white helps it get through some of the token stalls that are likely going to happen from the white decks. Plus, fire breathing is always a good thing to see on a creature. So, Wildfire Emissary is a card that I'm excited to see, I'm excited to play with. And I look forward to seeing uh, how it does in this format. Probably not a high pick, but make sure you keep it. But if it's in your sideboard, no one decided in. Next, we have a card that has is really weird. Um, It is World or Dragon. It's it's the last red mythic, and it's kind of the mythic that's kind of won't won't as far as your value is concerned monetarily. But it's three red, 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 six mana for a nightmare dragon. It's a seven seven flyer. It also has trample. Okay, but I'm paying 6 mana to get a 7-7 seven, seven Flying Trample. There's got sort of, to be some sort of gig here. And there is. When, I, when World Gordor Dragon enters the battlefield, exile all other permanents you control. Well, ain't that in the bee's knees. I can have this 7-7 seven, seven for 6, but I gotta lose everything else. That's not always great. So, what's the deal? When it leaves the battlefield, you return the exiled cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. Which is fine. It's fine. But why is this in the set? Well, it combos with another card we mentioned previously, Animate Dead. Now, I'm not going to go into quite the full loop of the combo and explain all the rules and intricacies. However, I encourage you to go look up the Community Super League episode where they where they did the week on tribes and Wedge of the Manasaurus did a Nightmare Tribal deck. And Roar Dragon, Animate Dead, was one of the combos in the deck that he killed on like turn two and turn three. It is really absurd. Anyways, go look to that to see what the, what this combo can do. All you need to know is that if you do this combo, you need to wait to end the game. Make sure you make sure that you know how you're going to be ending that game anyways. Last card in the red section is Young Pyromancer. Oh, young peasy. One in the red for a human shaman at uncommon. He's a 2-1. Whenever he casts an instant or sorcery spell, put a 1-1 one one red elemental creature token onto the battlefield. You know what deck he's good in? Burning Vengeance. Making a bunch of tokens and being able to run into your opponent is going to feel really, really good if you are playing the Burning Vengeance deck with Young PZ. Now it is two different uncommons, so you may not get those all the time, but hey, this is gonna this is a card that sees play in vintage, in legacy, even in modern. This card is a house. So pick it up pretty early. It is a bit of a build around. So if you don't think you're going to be able to get be able to get to the density of instant sorceries you need, put them on the bench because unless you're making three or four tokens at least a game with him, it's not worth it. Anyways, that's going to do it for the red cards. I thank you all for joining me today. Uh, next time you hear from me, we should be talking about the green cards, and then we only have the multicolor and artifact spells left of Eternal Masters. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at jwiley129. You can also find the podcast that I co-host, Eyes in the Mize, on Twitter, at Eyes in the Mize. And you can also reach us by email at eyesinthemize@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you so much for spending your time here with me, and I will talk to you guys next time.